Lost jobs aren't the only negative consequence of automation in the warehouse. There's also a question of the quality of the work environment. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Talk of automation in the warehouse almost always centers on the resulting fate of human workers. We envision robots swarming into distribution centers and taking over an increased number of tasks. And while that scenario isn't inaccurate, it doesn't tell the whole story of the potential downside of technology. The future of warehouse work, technological change in the U.S. logistics industry, is the title of a new report from the Center for Urban Economic Development at the University of Illinois at Chicago. It concludes that labor conditions in warehouses across the U.S. are likely to worsen in the coming years due to the impact of technology. The reason? Workers are under increasing pressure to meet demands for ever faster order turnaround, chasing standards set by Amazon and others for rapid delivery of e-commerce orders. Today, we'll get a look at the conclusions of the report, courtesy of my guest, Beth Catellius, a co-author and associate at the Center for Urban Development. The intention is to spark discussion about the future of work in this country, she says. The picture she paints is as much about the quality of warehouse work as it is about the quantity of available jobs for humans. So here is my conversation with Beth Catellius. Beth Catellius, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Bob. Beth, tell me a little bit about this new research from the University of Illinois at Chicago Center for Urban Economic Development. Who did you survey? What did you survey? What was the whole purpose and the scope of the research? So for this research, the impetus behind it was really trying to intervene in the conversation that's happening right now about the future of work more broadly in this country. A lot of that conversation is really informed by these aggregate studies that project out, say, 20 or 30 years, how many jobs we're going to lose in particular industries and particular occupations. And we were interested in looking at a different time frame, at a shorter time frame. And we were interested in what would happen, what is likely to happen over the next 10 years, over the next decade. And in order to do that, we spoke with dozens of mostly warehouse operators, but also some supply chain consultants and technology providers to get a sense of realistically why are warehouses driven to seek new technologies right now and experiment with new technologies, which technologies are really the sort of front runners, and that relates to which processes or activities in a warehouse really rise in terms of priority for a technological application, and then how might the actual jobs change in the industry. So we really wanted to be in conversation with people who are making decisions about technologies in warehouses. Okay, so broadly speaking, what did the survey results reveal in terms of the kinds of technological changes that you see impacting workers and working conditions in warehouses in the U.S.? Yeah, I think probably the most surprising finding of this study is that it's less about 
job quantity. So over the next 10 years, I think it's not necessarily a question of are we going to see a major drop in employment. It's more about job quality and the content of workers' jobs changing. And so you have these new technologies coming in and shifting how the sort of day-to-day work happens in a warehouse. You describe a potential negative impact on the character and quality of work in the warehouse. I read that and I thought, well, the warehouse is already kind of like the poster child for numbingly repetitive, alienating type of work. And I'm just wondering how much more negative it could get within the walls of a warehouse. What do you mean when you talk about potential negative impact? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a few different kind of categories of this. And the first one is really about work intensification. And so I think we really do have a potential for these technologies to potentially improve warehouse jobs, because as you said, they're manual, they tend to be monotonous, repetitive, and they can be really hard on warehouse workers' bodies. Uh, And so you have these technologies, for example, the autonomous mobile robots that can come in and reduce the amount of walking or anything that reduces the amount of sort of stretching or twisting or lifting. So there is this potential to change the ergonomics of the job, which could be really positive. The problem that arose in this research is that it's likely that in those cases where you have a technology that is potentially going to improve those jobs, that it's going to be coupled with requests for increased effort. So increases in the pace of work and the workload. This then leads to questions about the net impacts, the net ergonomic impacts and health and safety impacts of new technologies. An interesting point about this kind of bucket of change in particular is that it's really about how we decide to implement the technologies, that there is this potential to make these jobs better jobs. And depending on how they're implemented, it sort of lives up to that potential or or it could possibly make the jobs even harder for workers. You don't need a crystal ball to, to note that we're going to see more intensifying demands on workers, more surveillance and more monitoring of worker actions because, in fact, it's already happening to a great degree. We, we read about... Amazon warehouses, for instance, where every moment of a worker's time on the floor in a warehouse is measured and they're given down to the second how long it should take to pick something or pull something. Are you actually saying that it's going to get worse than it already is? Well, I think Amazon is a, is the leading edge, honestly. When we hear about Amazon in the news, it's usually that I think they're out front because of their dominance, particularly in, in the e-commerce realm. I think they are spurring uh, yeah, everyone else who's trying to move stuff through warehouses to compete in different ways. And sometimes that means experimenting with new technologies. Sometimes it means trying to reorganize the labor processes that are happening inside of a warehouse. But I think even Amazon is still very much experimenting with labor strategies. And I think what we end up hearing about in the news is the most sort of technologically advanced because we as humans are obsessed with technology and how it's going to change our lives. So that's what we hear about. But then I think across Amazon's warehouses, you see a lot of variation in the kinds of technology that are being tried out. Um, And then in cases, in some cases where there's just not a lot of technology, where they're using kind of the standard RF scan guns still, and it's a much lower level of technology. 
One of the trends we've seen recently in distribution centers is the siting of large distribution centers in urban areas because they need to be closer to the customer in the world of e-commerce, thereby potentially raising the price of operating that warehouse because clearly the real estate will be more expensive and maybe you'll have to pay the workers more because you're in an urban center with more competition for labor. Does that put more pressure on the warehouses to a cut costs and thereby drive them even more in the direction of technology and technology solutions? I think that's possible. I think that's a very good observation. So there are some factors in that equation that would push towards more technological experimentation. At the same time, by locating in a in an urban area, you also may be expanding the size of your labor market. Yes, you may have to pay those workers a little more, but there's more workers to choose from, which in, in many cases, I think in these really large suburban and exurban warehouse clusters. I talked to warehouse employers and one of the things they say across the board is how hard it is to find and retain workers. You're sort of counteracting a little bit of that problem by locating in a city with a larger labor market. But as you said, the wages might be higher there. I think in general, in this industry, it's like there are a set of factors really pushing toward technological experimentation. And then there's a set of factors pushing against. And this is why I think this is part of the reason why I think we're not going to see dark warehouses in five years is because all of those factors come together in a particular warehouse and really shape that trajectory of change. What do you see in terms of the changing demographics of the warehouse workforce? One thing that is interesting that I found when I was kind of crunching numbers for this project is there's sort of preliminary evidence that e-commerce warehouses tend to hire more women workers than quote-unquote traditional warehouses. And in some ways that makes sense because you think about like the process of each picking an online shopping order, any kind of lifting requirements would be much lower than say if you're picking full cases. But there's also wage penalties. That just means that a worker in the same occupation in the warehousing industry versus the e-commerce sector that there's a differential in the wages they're being paid. This evidence is really still pretty new, and I need to do more research basically to figure out, well, why are these trends happening and which direction they're really moving? But overall, I think the numbers that we crunched for this report show that warehouse workers are disproportionately workers of color, mostly Latin, Latino, and Black workers. And so when we think about any kind of technological change that may happen, that's who's going to be affected. That's who will end up being disproportionately affected. Yeah, when you were saying wage differential, you didn't mean gender differential, did you? That women in the warehouse are paid less because they don't lift stuff? Is that a possibility? I wouldn't say that. I don't think that the data says that. When you're looking across an occupation, there are more women working in e-commerce, say as laborers, right? You have more women working as laborers in an e-commerce warehouse versus a traditional sort of warehousing and storage warehouse. And there is a differential in those wages. That does not mean that that shows that women are making less than men. What do you mean when you talk about the possibility of new health and safety hazards? What form might they take. This relates back to my point about technology being able to potentially sort of reduce some of the, the health and safety hazards of this industry. But I think when we ask workers to work faster, 
there's always a potential for straining. I think this is where when we hear in the news about workers in Amazon work uh, warehouses, their main concern is really the rate, is the, is the pace of work, and that they feel like they can't, quote unquote, make rate, which is reaching the productivity targets that have been set, and do so safely. And so I think there's a real question about what the sort of testing the limits of workers' bodies and ability to perform at, at the right productivity level. And so, I, so there's a set of physical impacts. But honestly, what I'm even more concerned about at this point, I think, is the potential psychological impacts that we really don't know what the long-term effects are of, say, working under intense surveillance and being managed by an algorithm instead of a human. A human can exercise judgment and empathy and compassion and sort of take extenuating circumstances into account. An algorithm is not what they're trained to do. We know very little about those impacts. We're starting to sort of see see the little glimmers of even our, us as consumers and our relationship to our smartphones, for example. We're starting to see what some of those impacts are, but we as consumers can choose, right, to interact with our smartphone or not, whereas workers in a warehouse, um, they can't choose whether or not to be governed by an algorithm. And sometimes it's not even clear, it's not transparent what technologies are being used and, and what data is being collected. It might be anecdotal at this point, but there certainly is a basis for doing current research because, again, a number of workers today are laboring under these expectations, under minute-by-minute -minute monitoring and algorithm-driven labor standards. And indeed, you could go all the way back for the last few years to UPS drivers and how many right. seconds they're supposed to take before they drop off a package and go to another house and things like that. We have workers who have worked under those conditions up to now. Is it just a question that we really haven't drilled down to figure out how it has affected them so far? Yeah, I think there's very little research happening on these effects. Some of them might not show up for a while. I've heard, again, anecdotally, that workers are experiencing increased levels of stress and anxiety from laboring under those conditions. And we both need to be systematic about tracking those impacts, but they, there also needs to be a feedback loop, I think, to the folks who are developing these technologies to make sure that any potential impacts we're seeing make their way, that changes based on that, make their way into the technology development process. And I think that's a very sort of scattershot thing right now that could be much more sort of formalized. Did your research look at the impact of these technological changes on the stability of the warehouse workforce? I mean, there are a couple of factors here. One is that they're trying to get younger people, to the extent you can get younger people into this industry <laughs> at all, those younger people are likely to spend less time in individual jobs. Number two, the stress on them is going to drive people out of there. Number three, the migratory or seasonal peaks and valleys, then that nature of warehouse work creates instabilities in the warehouse. Have you looked at how that might be impacted and going, going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think there are some indications based on this research that some of these trends that I'm talking about, where job quality might get worse, where there's more sort of rigid forms of management, that I think you can't overlook the fact that this is going to affect employee morale and that it may very well increase turnover, which obviously is a huge problem anyway, an existing problem in the industry. And so it may exacerbate it. I think when we're talking about the overwork that becomes more possible under these new technologies, that they could lead to burnout. This is something that we have to consider really carefully, that we can't 
assume that just because you're streamlining a process in a warehouse or you're applying a technology to it, that it will necessarily lead in a very linear way to greater efficiencies. I mean, in some ways it may, but then if you're experiencing far more turnover because it's just a worse working environment for workers, what is the real net impact of that? Those are hard things to kind of weigh as someone who's, who's making decisions about technology. And it's a hard thing to predict. Is this technology actually going to create more turnover because the job is worse? But it's something we can really think hard about and watch as the process unfolds. Technology always gives us the gift of unintended consequences. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I can't help thinking, though, that the end game here, if you take all into, all of this into account that we've been talking about, the stress, the instability of the workforce, the difficulty of getting new people into it, technology more and more taking over jobs that were done by humans, it feels like the end game eventually is total automation of warehouses, and yet you seem to be suggesting that that's not on the horizon. Is that the case? I looked at the next decade. I don't think we're going to see widespread dark warehouses in the next decade. I agree. I do think that over 20, say 30 years, yes, more and more automation is going to come into this industry and that at some point we very likely will see employment contraction. And I mean, I think even even over the next decade, if we were to see an economic recession, for example, or a downturn in the economy, I think that very much changes the calculus in the industry for whether and when to automate processes or apply a technology. I actually, I think if there's an economic downturn, I think we'll see the process slow because you'll see slack in the labor markets, easier to find workers. And I think you'll see employers or, or warehouse operators pulling back from riskier investments in technology when maybe they can just figure out um, a different labor strategy. Okay, so we're trying to balance the pluses and minuses of technology, and of course the ledger is full on both sides, but can you leave us with a little glint of hope? I think you're saying that warehouse workers aren't necessarily doomed. On the positive side, what might be a message you could bring to us from this research? Technology is neither, it's not good or bad inherently on its own. Humans build technologies and we implement technologies. And so I think in this industry, warehouse operators do really stand to gain some efficiencies from new technologies. And there is a potential to make these better jobs and more desirable jobs. I think that can only happen if workers have some stake in the process of technology implementation and are really like that there's kind of a formal way to bring workers into that process of change. And, and I think this is one way when I was saying earlier that we really need to track the physical and psychological impacts of this. I mean, I think this is one way to formalize that is to have workers involved in a process of technological change and get their feedback on how it's actually working on the shop floor in, in the warehouse and to actually listen authentically and take that feedback into consideration. Because otherwise, I think we find ourselves in a situation where all of the benefits of technological change are captured by the industry itself. And and then workers are bearing the brunt of the negative consequences. Well, okay. The report is called The Future of Warehouse Work, Technological Change in the U.S. Logistics Industry. 
Beth Gatelius of the Great Cities Institute, University of Illinois at Chicago. I think we uh, should also credit your co-author, Nick Theodore, of this study. I will link to the study in the show notes to this episode. But Beth, thank you for this fascinating discussion, helping us to understand all of the complex factors that are going to arise from the application of new technology in warehouses in this country in the years ahead. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me and uh, letting me talk about this research. That was my conversation with Beth Gatelius of the University of Illinois at Chicago, talking about the impact of technology on job quality in the warehouse. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming and downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.